how many books, how many blogs, how many articles do we come across about leadership? And we're always seeking to be better at what we do. But we also know that at the end of the day, each leader has a style. They have their way. We all have our ways of leading our organizations. But there are some non-negotiables that set apart a good leader from a great leader. Now, there are plenty of leaders out there that can retire. And they're just, frankly, lousy leaders. They get by. Their organizations get by. And frankly, when you leave, the people are kind of happy that you're gone. That's not the leader you want to be. You want to be listening to this podcast right now if you were. We want to be those who are not only memorable, but take our organizations to a high height because of the people within our organizations are working together to get us there. So what are those non-negotiables? There's a handful of them, but today we're going to talk about clarity. What is clarity when it comes to leadership? Why is it important? What does it look like? And what does it mean for your faculty that you're trying to lead? Clarity is one of the most common characteristics of a leader in an organization that has strong, positive cultures. These leaders have clarity and they give clarity. They're clear about what they want. They're clear about what they envision for their organization. And for our talk today, we will share how important giving clarity to others is. Great leaders set up their employees for success. I don't mean just like giving resources, but I'm talking more about providing the clarity they seek to do their work. So just take a moment and think about a time where you were given a project, a task, or you worked on a team, and you weren't sure what was really being asked of you. Either you had a role on the team and wasn't sure about your specific role in this bigger project, or you had a product that you were going to create, but wasn't quite sure what it was supposed to look like and how this is really going to impact the organization. You spend time then frustrated. We spend time afraid to ask questions even because if it wasn't provided to us from the beginning, then we question, well, if it wasn't given to us from the get-go, well, maybe I'm not supposed to know this information yet. I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You also may have felt that your talent was being wasted because now you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing as opposed to using your talents for the project really at hand. Now thinking about that same type of scenario, but you have clarity. You understand the purpose or the why of the project. You know why it's important. You know how the results of that work will impact the organization. You know what it looks like. You can envision it. And the best part, you know your specific role. And I say that's the best part because oftentimes when we're working on teams, we're not quite sure how we fit in the specific team and what we're supposed to be doing. So having all of that at your hand is like ideal. This is great. Now, thinking about how that would feel, I would assume that you would feel empowered. You'd feel that you are confident to be able to get the work done independently or on your team. And that's because your leader has invested time and energy to give you what you need and the direction to go forward with the project. So when leaders give this type of clarity consistently, when they have this as a habit, they build incredible respectful relationships with others. Trust, the foundation of any relationship, strengthens because this leader has increased your efficacy, your confidence, and your skill sets, and it helps you grow as a person, a professional, and ultimately, this leads to the organization growing successfully as well. There are many ways leaders can convey clarity, and the most prominent way is through communication. We'll use emails, for example. 
We have emails, thank goodness, to provide quick information and save probably like a gazillion meetings that we would normally have if we didn't have emails. And so when we're sending out emails, we all understand that everyone's working, everyone's busy. And when I get an email, I'm going to skim through it. Now thinking about sending out an email that say, hey, you know, I'm thinking my faculty could use a little love today. So I'm going to send out all this other information about how I appreciate them and uh, how we should celebrate at the next, you know, office party. And let's talk about this and that. And by the way, here's this piece of information that has to that you have to be aware of by the end of the week. So then as an employee, I'm reading this and I'm, I'm again, skimming this information and trying to figure out what it is that you're trying to say. And then you've taken this really important intentional email, this message, and you now buried it with all this other language. And so your employees are thinking about what it is that you're trying to convey. Now I have like a three bullet email rule. And basically I try to get concise language into three bullets when I'm sending out an email. If I've got to write paragraphs, I have to have a meeting. And I know people are just like so sick of meetings, but it just needs to be like a five minute water cooler meeting. In essence, if I have a very, very specific message, I can probably get it down to three at most five bullets in an email. And the language is super concise. And it's about that one thing. It's not five different things. So when sending out an email, be very concise, truly, truly try to bullet them. And ensure that when people read it, that they're getting clarity about what it is and the reason why that you're sending them this email. If I get an email from a faculty member that's three paragraphs long, I most likely will want to say, hey, let's have a quick five minute meeting. And I do that because I want to also have clarity. I want to understand what they're asking of me. Why did they take the time to send me this email? They clearly have a message. If I can meet with them quickly that day, I take the time to do though. And they know that I've made, I've made time and they respect that. They respect the fact that like, oh, you could have just read the email and just kind of blew me off or we probably would have went back and forth probably nine or 10 times via email to get to the whatever it is that we want to get to. And instead, I could just have a five minute conversation. So I actually take myself out of the office and go find the individual and say, here, three minutes, let's have a quick talk. I, you know, you sent me an email and you said something about X, Y, Z, and I just want to make sure I understand. And they will literally take two, three minutes to explain what they need. And at that point, I can normally clarify what it is that they need at that moment or tell them, like, you know what, I need to set up a, a sit down formal meeting because this is maybe a little bit bigger than we anticipated in this three minute talk. So now I have clarity about what my employee is looking for for me. And then we both have this mutual respect that we both seek this clarity and that we have habits in our organization that help us get there. Another practice you can use is when you are having a meeting with a group of people and say you're sharing a new initiative or project, asking whether people have questions during the presentation seems like a very simple practice and it is. But if we do so under three sub practices, you'll find that you'll be able to ensure that the people that are in the audience really understand what it is that you're conveying. And these three things are one, asking intermittently throughout the presentation. So oftentimes as leaders, we, you know, we have this vision in our minds and we're excited about it and we're sharing it and we're going on and on and on. And we have to be thinking about like asking, are there any questions throughout the presentation as opposed to just kind of waiting until the end? Because normally projects have multi-levels to it. So asking intermittently would be the first piece that you want to make sure you practice. You'd be surprised how, how infrequently we do that. 
and then we normally kind of wait to the end or halfway through our presentation before we ask, does anyone have any questions? The second practice is giving wait time. Now this is like three to five seconds. So you'd ask the question, does anyone have any questions? And then you would pause for three seconds. And there you have your three seconds. The three second pause up to five seconds, depending on complexity of your project, gives the audience an opportunity to process what you're talking about. Now you've been going on and on about this project and they probably have some questions throughout, but even, even if you ask throughout intermittently, you still want them to have a moment to process what it is that you're explaining. And so they appreciate that and most likely will ask questions for clarification. And then the third practice, this is good for individuals that are maybe new leaders um, or if their employees are relatively new and you're still developing a relationship where they feel comfortable and safe to ask questions. No, you wanna make sure that the, everyone's asking the questions because everyone needs this clarity. So what you could do is dive deeper into that, does anyone have a question, by defining very specific parts of the project or the presentation in such a way that pushes them to ask questions. And what I mean by this is, I'll give you an example. We explained what the beginning date and the end date for the project will be, and we talked about having two milestones. In milestone number one, we have a very specific product. Does anyone have any questions about what the outcome for that product is to look like? So now you've really kind of chiseled back this very concrete question because perhaps during your presentation, you've noticed some eyebrows go up, some question mark faces, and you, you realize that it happened during your discussion on the product for milestone number one. So now you can now open that space for them using the pause and ensuring that they have an opportunity now to ask. So those are a couple of examples of how we can practice clarity in our organizations and the importance of doing so. I wanna stress one last point, and that is the consistency part of clarity. When we are consistent as leaders, we are giving our organization stability because there's some predictability then about you as a person, right? Because you're a leader who I know that I can always go to. And when I have a question and I need guidance or direction or support, I can rely on your, your characteristics of clarity will always ground me, empower me, and also give our organization strength and stability. And that is the marking of a great leader.